Hi everybody, just giving you a heads up that this episode is kind of an experimental one. It features a test recording that my brother John and I did a couple months ago. He lives outside of Detroit, Michigan, uh, so after I recorded our convo, I decided to make it an episode. We talk about, well, let's just say work travel stories, going to open mic nights in Canada, his take on the Magnificent Seven remake... I tell a story about a hostage situation I was in in deep in the deep backwoods of Washington and a lot more. Stay tuned, I think you're going to like it. Hi, I'm Jeremy. I'm a dork living in Portland, Oregon who spent too many years listening to podcasts and not doing anything creative. This is my attempt to rectify that, to create and contribute something where I talk to people about their cultural obsessions and try to give some recommendations of my own. Welcome to Giving the Mic to the Wrong Person. Expense reports are tricky. I mean, it's, I did mine today for the past two and a half trips that I've had. And it's just, a, obviously it's a pain in the butt, but like, you know, we've got per diem. Okay. And, yeah. We, uh, whereas at this job, I do not. So. Oh, so you just got to save receipts and stuff then. Yes. Yeah. So that's exciting. So at least the good thing about per diem, it's just like, okay, here's what it is. But you don't want to take advantage of so like the last trip um when i was just in you know austin this week it was just in the, for internal meetings so i was there from monday to wednesday and then all of tuesday was every meal everything was totally covered did they so, um, did they take you to torchies they did not take me to torchies however i did see torchies now that we I, th- I believe there's a Torchies en route from the airport to downtown, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, there is. My my buddy Chris, when he uh, that was the first place we stopped when he picked when he uh, he picked me up. Um, yeah, this was last year, I think, because the last time I went down to Austin was I think May of uh, May of 2015. Mm. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> the. <laughs> The number of well, the, the nice part was that uh, I, I flew down with um, one of our SCs that li- happens to live in Livonia as well. But uh, so we got to catch up and get to kind of meet a little bit because we saw each other around the office, but spent some time together. But from the in the cab ride, because there's no Uber, there's no Lyft on the last day that we we learned there were some. I they forget what other they don't app, what, you know either what, they don't have Lyft down there. They don't have Lyft. They don't have Uber. They had something I think called Fair. Do they have? Do they have Halo? I don't, or Hilo? I don't know. Oh, I, maybe that's an older one. Anyway, yeah, but Austin um, ride share. But anyway, so we services. we take a cab, which was weird. It, it's strange how awkward that feels now without having to Uber or Lyft. Like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Yeah, at least um, even in anyway. Port- yeah, even in Portland, like, you know, I will, I will take Lyft because even talking to the drivers, they're like, so, you know, good side effect. And they're like, yeah, you know, um, you know, they, they enjoy, they enjoy one far more than the other. I think the only reason that Uber had the edge or has the edge or whatever is because they deliberately targeted um, 
much more like media, like celebrity media types uh, who would talk about it. It's kind of I like, th- oh, go on. I think there's just more Uber drivers, though. I think it's just more of a popular app as opposed to Lyft. But that's also a regional thing as well, because when I went to uh, Salt Lake City, which is an awesome city, they didn't even have Uber, but they had Lyft. Lyft was everywhere. Okay, yeah, so, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the uh, the results here. They had they they passed Proposition One, which was getting, uh, which they both for whatever reason they left. Oh, okay, that's why because they it was just setting it was setting um, setting um, just rules and uh, rules and regs, and mm-hmm. Uber and Lyft, especially Uber. Yeah, they um, popularly just get really whiny about having to. Just comply with basic operating standards. Oh, here we go. Okay, there's one called Fair F A R. Yeah, that's the one. Fair there, was in Austin. That was what they said there's, to take. Yeah, Get Me and Fasten and yeah, Insta Ride. Yeah, Ride Austin I don't wanna, for one trip to the airport. Yeah, or one one or two trips back and forth. I don't want to create. You know, download the app, create an account, put in my credit card information, and have that phone out there. So yeah. It, you know the old anyway back to what we we're saying though anyway, yeah um back to torchies there were there were probably whether you want to call them a, a taco stand a taco truck or even a taqueria there had to be there had to be double digit numbers of these <laughs> of, of a place where you could get a you know a taco of sorts yeah from the airport going downtown before you even get downtown too. And I thought that was, it was pretty, that was pretty cool too, because you, you really phase in from the airport and then you're out kind of in like this weird Texas space um, with, you know, super old, oldish houses that remind you of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then you get closer to the city and then you start seeing a lot of like, you know, uh, tire shops and next to a, taco truck and then you get downtown with a little bit more sparse sparse for that stuff but it was a uh, pretty interesting to see the like the 22 minute phase into the city i thought that was pretty cool right you start um, you yeah you start jack you start uh jacking up the um you know <laughs> you have uh climbing up um gentrification and and status and class levels by but with each mile you get closer to the downtown area well, plus you kind of forget you're in Texas too. At least I did. It didn't feel like Texas. Yeah. It didn't feel, you know, it didn't feel like Dallas. It didn't feel like Houston. And it didn't feel like you're on the middle of nowhere in West Texas either. So it was kind of an interesting, interesting dynamic. But I still, I liked it a lot though. But yeah, it was. Uh, Had you ever been to Austin before? Uh, no. Yeah. No, th- that's. This in yeah now you're seeing this is why Austin was my other number two city when I was gonna pull out of Ann Arbor it was my three cities that I was gonna hit head to were um, were Portland Seattle and Austin yeah. and um, the two reasons I didn't go to Austin were because it was big and sprawly it was uh, way too hot and it was surrounded by Texas and um, yeah it's true. Um, the hot part was nuts when the, and it wasn't even that bad, but on the last day when you were walking where the buildings would shade you, it wasn't, it was comfortable. But right. The second you stepped out in the sun, it was like a microwave. It was crazy. Yeah. I would, it, yeah. October mm-hmm. as well. So it's not even, you know, peak season. We were down there. Um, we went, first time went down there was, 
God, this would have been this. Yeah, this was August of '02 when I can't remember if it was Spirit Airlines. I don't think it was Spirit Airlines, but there was some a borderline charter company that would do ultra cheap trips from Flint through. Uh, check either Flint or Detroit. I think it was the, uh, what one of the two. Effectively, you could but you could get from Bishop Airport in Flint to uh, to DFW for like a hundred dollars round trip or something. Mm-hmm. So Carlos, uh, my roommate Carlos, said, "Sure, hell yeah, I'll go with you." And just on a scouting trip because this is back in the early aughts when I was still scouting around to figure out where the hell I wanted to uh, go to to get out of Michigan. And you know, went down there, got in touch with, uh, got in, got in touch with our relatives because uh, Uncle Ovid and Aunt Laura were still living in Dallas, and flew down there and um, hung out in Dallas. You know, stayed with them in Dallas, and it was great. They they're like, well, here, you guys need a car. Here, we'll lend you our spare car. Oh, and you need a cell phone too because it's two thousand two, and uh, and coverage rates are weird. So here, have this. And so we they lent us a cell phone and a car, and we hung out in Dallas for a few days, and then drove to Austin. And so I got to hang yeah. out and uh, stayed with my friend Suzanne um, down in Austin in '02, which was de- um, I can remember Ann Arbor really started changing and like really st- well from it was probably you know the change in the gentrification it probably started long before but it was really palpable by '99 2000 but at least in Austin the uh, the massive wave hadn't hit yet. Mm. To the point where you could, uh, whereas you go by now, the campus area, like the area around campus is, which looks almost identical to what the area around campus in Ann Arbor looks like now, because it's all the same franchises. Well, yeah, I, I can understand that. It's just different because Austin felt like a, like a much bigger version of Ann Arbor. Right. Which is why it was, yeah, which is why, Um, why I was going to head there. But being in Portland as well, I mean, I think definitely Portland and Austin are pretty much contemporaries, just with different locale, with the you know lush green of the Pacific Northwest versus the friggin' hot desert of Texas. But, but definitely very similar as far as in my in my humble opinion, very similar in size and scope. And oh yes, very culture. much so. Yeah, the, Austin and Portland were. Um, are are kind of you know <laughs> if if you have a certain age your band will orbit between the you know you're like oh man our band's pulling up six we're heading down south or you know bands would uh would move from one city to the other depending oh on- jd you should have seen in, in austin at the airport you should have seen the amount of like there were at least at least three bands um, oh yeah Wednesday when when I go to the airport, like Wednesday around noon, it like you could tell there was like four or five dudes that you could tell they were in a band, and then they had kind of like the entourage a little bit around them, and I didn't know who they were, and I wasn't even going to ask them anyway because I'm a grown up, but um, <laughs> you could you know you could definitely tell that you know they're, they're they, the only profession they could have had would be in a band or possibly a skateboard slash production company, you know, where they work for Viceland, who knows? I don't know, but that, it was slash pharmaceutical distribution. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do they, it's funny. mm -hmm. Speaking of Austin too, there's a, I'm drinking the shitty beer right now from latitude 42. This is his brewery in uh, portage and it's party at the moon tower. Like, you know, Portage, uh, Portage, Michigan or Portage, Maine. 
Portage, Michigan. I can't remember. What the going crazy about this beer right now, and it's you know Party at the Moon Tower, like um, uh, uh, Days and Confused, which is you know an Austin movie, right? Which kind of pulls it all together. But this beer sucks. Anyway, what kind of beer sorry. is it? Just a regular Pilsner, or it is a double IPA, and that's you know IPAs eh. are the flavor of the day and uh the michigan folks are going batty over it so i bought a four pack and it sucks so that's that imagine being out here the amount of it's one of the things that i hated about that i strong well i should say strongly dislike about uh god even when it, since i've been out here since 04 the um portland craft brew culture which is just you know because it's somewhat just like hoppy as shit. And it's like, what's wrong with, you know, I don't want, you know, stop with the endless amounts of like IPAs and ales. Just no, this is like, no, I don't want you to give me, give me, give me goddamn German beers. What's wrong with you people? Well, um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you have to be into it. Like block yeah. 15 and great notion. Those guys are, they, 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 they're murdering beer right now. They're doing amazing things with beer, but you have to be into the, you have to be into the bitter. Like those, like those beers you picked up for me, especially the, um, the, the, the IPAs one. I mean, it, the, the IPAs one that sounded good. Um, but the, they, they do taste like, like almost like fruit juice. They're doing these crazy things and it's kind Are of they like Lambics or? style of beer. Mm. It's a specific yeast strain. It's it's these it's these hops, and it's there's breweries that are all over now that have figured it out, and and Great Notions a perfect example of it, and even Block Fifteen out there too. Like, and there's there's breweries in there's one in Columbus. Um, there's a bunch in New England area because they already figured it out. But it's they all figured out the same kind of like configuration. And they all taste very similar, and they're great. And they taste like they do taste like kind of like a, like a kind of soury bitter juice, and it is friggin' fantastic. And people are going bananas for it. Like uh, what with me and Kalis, like Kalis knows no bounds with his uh, IPA preference, and he'll pay any dollar amount to get. There's websites you can just buy, you know, beers, which is not exactly legal. But, um, well, hey, t- like I said, uh, if you if he wants to, uh, my uh, my rates, my distribution rates are quite workable. <laughs> and like, like, you know, I'm out. <laughs> the, oh, the- hey, hey, anytime you go to Great Notion, you want to get juice box or they had one lately called uh, French Toast that just came out I'm- or even Double Stack. All those. Beer, you you want to get crawlers of those. He will. He'll pay for that and the shipping plus some as well. Anyway, um, well, with with the with your you know with all the travel for work and everything, do you ever uh, plan? Do you try to plan in the whether it's in the previous job when you were traveling a ton, or even now? Do you ever try to strategically plan your travel around either? Not, to, I mean, I know you're not into into beers as much as I am, but just to, to plan like, oh, I want to go to the certain location, so I'll go here for work. And then I'll also get to go do some fun stuff as well. I could um, not in the well in the current job. We only in the current job. Thank God. Part of the reason why I took it is that right now the own there are only. I think there are effectively, with the exception of like the <laughs> turns out one of our suppliers and also one of our the uh, main engine builders and engine programmers is actually somewhere in in um, in Novi. 
Oh, in no fact, kidding. No, most of it, like, like the travel now is either going to be, we have, you know, we have factories either in Saltillo, Mexico, which is just outside of Monterrey, Monterrey, across the mountains. That is that place is fun. It, Saltillo is it's like a, an hour and a half outside of uh, outside of Monterrey. It's up in the mountains. It's a mile up, and it's fall down there. So going down there, it was like effectively like we were back in um, like Portland weather because it was mm-hmm. foggy and like driving through the Mexican high plains desert scrub brush in the middle of fog was a weird experience. Mm. Uh, I almost wanted to play uh, if I could if I could had I remembered at the time uh, pull it cue up the uh, the you know Great Southern Land, Great Southern Land. A song from Young Einstein the, uh, the very much a a, a, a montage a kind of like a, a, a montage song to tr- uh, backing traveling through weird through wild wild wilderness. Anyway, yeah. also have um, what else do we have? We have there's a plant in Santiago, which I believe is like an hour outside of Mexico City. We uh, and there are plants in Mount Ho- dig this Mount Holly in Cleveland. However, oh. not not the Mount Holly or Cleveland you're thinking of. Uh, mm-hmm. Mount Holly in Cleveland, North Carolina. Okay, both are about an hour ish outside of Charlotte. Or about a couple hours away from where our sister lives. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, the first time in my life, I think, when um, the boys and I went to the Renaissance Festival with uh, Kalis and his family, we that, I think that was the first time I actually drove past the entrance to Mount Holly. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, you were never yeah, you were never a skier, were you? That's why. I've skied twice with uh, Danzig and Marzak and everything, and that did not go very well, but... Uh, we continue. Well, we haven't done it lately, but we would go up to his, my buddy uh, Danzig's uh, cabin up in near Boyne, Boyne Mountain, uh, Boyne yeah. City, and because uh, his parents had a, they call it a cabin, it was a house up in like Lake Charlevoix. But we'd go up there, and I'd try to ski, and they'd give me pointers, and I did okay. But every we'd go up there for a couple of years, and we would just go for like a four day weekend for a ski weekend, but we just would stop going to the hill or to the mountain. And then we would just basically just drink and play euchre all weekend, which so it, is it, so it became pretty yeah, fun too. It just became deer camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> yeah, I'd say, which is fun. There, yeah, in, indeed. Um, all right, actually, let's let's take a quick break and reload. I need to. Uh, I get. I am drinking a mix of uh, diet squirt and Kraken dark rum. Delicious. Kraken. The Kraken. Right, I'm a. I'm a. I'm a throw a whiz. All right, you do that. I'll be. I'll, uh, let's take a quick break. I haven't got into uh, vinyl at all yet, but my one, my one buddy who's a big. He, I mean, he's still a musician and everything, but he's uh, he's like, just go to Salvation Army and find there. There's always good speakers there. Oh yeah, you can get a de- you can get a decent turntable there. He's like, you don't have to buy the new Sonos or anything like that. You can go, you can outfit your house with like you know, speakers in different rooms and a receiver and turntable and everything for like at most maybe a couple hundred bucks. Oh yes. Very much. So. Um, yeah. the, the, the other interesting thing is that Goodwill, especially once they, um, they embraced, they, they got wise to, um, and embraced online auctions a good six years ago. 
Mm-hmm. So, because I can remember um, somebody, somebody unfortunately wised up and realized that because they were getting, <laughs> they were getting so many like Legos, which had a lot more value than would otherwise be assumed. They would yeah. just they would comb through their, the donations, grab out all the Legos, either in boxes or people just like, eh, my kid doesn't play with these anymore. You guys have them. And just uh, sell them. So like, they have the collections of Star Wars Legos and just the prices for those things would be insane. Yeah. So, all right, you have anything well, else? Well, I, I don't even care about the... I'm not necessarily going to get into vinyl because I know that's a slippery slope, but I'm more interested in just having, you know, and I and I had speaker towers and receiver, which of course I sold on Craigslist, but I wish I still had them, but that would be more of an important now to have, importance now to have. Okay, let me get a yep. somewhat updated receiver that hope that has Bluetooth on it. I can just connect my phone to. Right. I can just roll through my music or through YouTube and then have that pump through different speakers in my house, which hopefully eventually would be the case, but whatever. Well, yeah, you just go into your component. I mean, <laughs> I uh, I lucked out in that. I um, I still have our our family basement. Uh, 1984 <laughs> um, pre-remote era uh, digital receiver. And, of course you do. And our father's 19, you know, 1967 era pioneer. Um, God, what tan and wood pioneer pioneer speaker sacks, which are awesome. And it's like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, if I ever wanted, I, I don't think I'm, I never plan to sell those. But it's like, if I ever plan to sell, like, no, those those things are going out for like two thousand dollars per. Just uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, mean, I, I obviously I I I'm not surprised at all that you still have those, but uh, that's yeah, that's why the actual worth of those things who knows but whatever yeah it's use those use those till they kick and then whatever yeah it's but it's a thing where at least um yeah i mean you, you know in in our modern era you know you the, the flat screen has an audio out running an audio out into the rc you know just go from the rca jacks out of the tv into the back of the uh in the back of receiver and hey you know stranger things soundtracks bumping in in clear stereo on a on a, on a yeah. great little uh, on a great eq built-in eq on this receiver so yeah not on the stranger things tip but i uh I did watch the 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 updated reboot of Magnificent Seven tonight. How was that? And, I I heard oh, mixed. It, what's that? I heard mixed reviews. It was terrible. Oh, I mean, sucks. it was the it was so so dumb. I mean, if you just want to get into a movie where there's just a bunch of like shoot 'em up stuff, then okay, that's for you. But it was just. It, <laughs> It was just like so dumb. There was no plot. It had, it had these huge stars in it, but it's like nobody's funny. But the one big oaf guy, and if you haven't seen it, you'll see it. There's one big oaf guy that was pretty entertaining, but like Chris Pratt's in it, who can be charming as all get out, right? And he can be funny. Denzel's in it, who can be funny in his own way. He's boring as is can be too it's just which is a crime it's just dumb and like there's like not to be a spoiler or anything but there's a big point where there's a gatlin gun that's get that gets brought out that according to the movie like a gatlin gun can just level a city from like 200 yards away and they yell the and then like somebody yells like yells gatlin gun like seven different times 
like in the span of five minutes. It's like, yeah, we get it. It's a friggin' gallon. <laughs> what, I don't know. It's, it's just yeah. The, when the characters like, of uh, when the characters of your of your classic film remake have all played Doom, uh, way back in the nineteenth century and other it, uh, and, it, and other modern just, video games. It's just super dumb and predictable. You can like Ethan Hawke. You can, you know exactly what's going to happen when you meet him and see throughout the course. You know exactly what's going to happen in the movie. There is like one thousand deaths in the movie. Like these seven dudes kill one bajillion people. And like, <laughs> amigos are coming out of the side, out of the, out of the. Amigos are coming out of the street. No, it is like Three Amigos. It is it, there is there are parallels with Three Amigos with this stupid ass movie, and <laughs> like the end of the movie. And if anybody is listening to this, they can fast forward or whatever. But like the end of the movie, everything kind of gets resolved. Of course, if right. you saw the original, and there's just like a, a bajillion bodies on the ground, and they're always like like happy. And like hugging and crying and laughing, there's just dead bodies everywhere. A river of blood and, and viscera like, oh, just going know, down the center we, of the town. We, we made it. Oh, it's just it's just the, the dumbest. It is the dumbest, and it's two hours and like fifteen or ten or fifteen minutes. Wow. Oh my god. Anyway, sorry. It was just it's disappointing because it's like you think like a western, a western front, uh, a western led by uh, a western starring and fronted by uh, Denzel Washington with like Chris Pratt. There is like and Chris Pratt. Yeah, it's they're like, both they're they're co-starring. At, they're they're one hundred percent co-starring for sure. Which is just um, then, anyway. Yeah, earlier this week, uh, wound up. Let's see, what did we? Last night we wound up going to see. Yeah, no, last night was. What the hell was last night? Last night was Thursday. When? Uh, yeah, this was like the first week in like forever. We actually, uh, I went and saw like three films in a row. Monday night was. Um, <laughs> this week involved Sunday night. Walking, leaving my house at night at about Sunday, Sunday about a quarter to nine. It was going to go like, oh, you know what? The local, you know, the, uh, Star Trek Beyond, the latest Star Trek film, has finally hit the cheapies. It's time to go finally see that. Stepped outside, mm-hmm. looked over. There is a there is somebody passed out at the bottom of our steps uh, <laughs> from our porch, which is about ground level. Only a couple steps up, just, just passed out right there. And looked down like, oh, great. Um, like, hey, dude, you okay? You okay? And no response. Like, okay. So, uh, so Rachel, my girlfriend, uh, calls it in. In fact, I even like, yeah, you you might want to call it in. <laughs> what? Watch too much media myself, and this is how you talk in in the real world. She calls it in, and I'm like, I'm kind of poking the guy with my toe, and I'm like, hey, you know, dude, you okay? Um, are you breathing? Um, you better not be a corpse. Uh, and I'm deranged. I'm deranged. Said okay. the guy with. Um, the the older bedraggled guy with like long haired beard, and then promptly went back to sleep. So that kind of tossed out the uh, tossed out the movie going plans. Had to sit, you know, sat on my on the what is effectively my stoop, waiting for five O to show up. Oh, why? Uh, I I I would have felt like a schmuck with um, whatever. I mean, it's the kind of thing where I don't know. I didn't feel I didn't feel right with um with I could not tell if it was a uh, with you know um 
But then again, you know, there are bars on our front door, so I guess they would have been secure, but it was kind of, it didn't feel right. Like, okay, well, that's taken care of. I'm going to go off and, you know, drink cheap beer at the Star Trek movie. So started, you know, we just sat, just kind of sat there and waited. I'm like, hey, dude, you want any water or anything? Like, no, I don't want any water. And he goes back to like, you know, trying to sleep, not quite face down, but effectively face down on the, on the, on the sidewalk. Um, five, Portland Five, you know, the po, uh, the Portland Popo show up. A uh, short, uh, uh, a short, um, short woman officer is like poking at the guy. He's like, "Sir, are you okay?" You know, you know. Of course, um, fortunately, wearing her safety gloves. Yeah, and she calls it in. Does not ha- uh, a fortunately her backup shows, and um, they're talking to the guy, and they're like, oh, "You know, hey, you, you know, the, are you gonna you, are you gonna be able to walk home okay, or do you want us to get an ambulance?" Like, no, 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 my arm's not broken. I I lied about that, and so I don't know. So they wound up taking him to detox. At one point, uh, to <laughs> what I thought was rather amusing, and went and um, went upon it happened upon unremarked was. Um, the the backup cop actually said, you know, when trying to get the uh, this, I'm guessing homeless dude into the back of their squad car, actually just said, hey, you know, you're killing me, Smalls. It was like, right. wow, it's, it's like, wow, that's that's still a, I did not th- I did not imagine that to be, <laughs> wow, it's just, who knew that Portland police were '90s kids who remembered this? Oh yeah, um, I had we had a, I had a marketing person give me the you're killing me, Smalls, like a week ago. Wow. And yeah, oh yeah. Apparently, that's still that's still a thing. Relevant, it's still relevant. Okay. Culture is a weird thing. They get him in, uh, even though he was arguing to them about how his pants were falling down and he wasn't wearing underwear. Uh, both facts were true. So yeah. um, that and so they took out and said, like, "Sir, you didn't really need to stay. You know, stay. You you know, once you called in, you could have gone off." I'm like, "No, that's fine. I would have smelled. I would have felt like a schnook yeah. or anything had I left." So that yeah. was so we went up. Just I came back inside and we watched uh, we watched Drunk History for the rest of the night and it was great. Monday that's night, I think, they, I think they started a new season of that. If I because I watched DVR kicked up and it started recording episodes again. So I think. I think Drunk History's back in action again right now. Yeah, they're on uh, season four. Yeah, and I believe if my if the place that I go for Torrance is accurate, uh, Drunk History UK is in their second season too, which is great. And it's one of those things where if <laughs> if anything called for uh, competing American and UK versions, it's definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it is a concept where it's like. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't have like they they don't have like drunk history Ireland, drunk history Scotland, drunk history like uh, mm-hmm. Wales, drunk history. You know, like I said, it's it's one of those history. It's one of those shows that you can much like um, any game show or even married with children. You could um, syndicate and kind of spin off into different lands and just as you know, uh, hey, as as long as you as long as you subtitle in English, bring it back. You know, you can sell yeah. it in America. It's a repeatable model. Very much so. You know, yeah. The human, the human factor there. Oh, I, you know, I was listening to um, the, the the your one of the podcasts, the, the Music Rack, right? Podcast too, and I, you know, with the white. Did you check out the White Long recording when they were on uh, KXP? No, I did not. By chance? Oh, that's a good one.
Was it live or just, was it good. was it live or was it them like just like drunk in the studio or what? Well, it was it you know the KXP they they, they do it live. But oh, they KEXP, also yeah. It. Okay, that's which yeah. is okay. That's Seattle, I believe, is what. Yeah, it KXP. is the it's the station attached to the Experience Music Project. It is what um, uh, Bill Gates did certain public uh, a lot of like public facing things with his money, his Microsoft mm-hmm. money. His partner Paul Allen funded not only the Experience Music Project, but also the uh, the Science Fiction Museum that's attached to it. And I believe KEXP came from that. Yeah. Anyway, it was it's legit and it's recorded well. And I know they're like a lot of them are from I think. Two or three of them are from Canada, but one of them's from Michigan. I think the bass player uh, lady is from uh, Michigan. I don't know where, but anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Yo, yeah, no, White Lung was the thing where I, I would always hear about them, and they're I think they're they're always listed on Bandcamp or on yeah. uh, CBC Three out of as being out of uh, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, you know, I um another uh, two I um God, I forget which reviver. I just bought it, uh, one of the Reviver. It's not their newest one. It's a, it's like three or four albums ago. Right. I forget what it is. It's like 2011 or 12. Mm-hmm. But man, that is great. Oh yeah. They're 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 they have a nice nice mix of uh, genres and eras almost or something like that though. But they're 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 good tunes. <laughs> Very much so. That was, like I said, and that was a band that I discovered at. Um, yeah, you, in fact, when you were here, you did go with us to Katie O'Brien's uh, for uh, I think one of the like Saturday brunch or God knows what. And yeah. for a while, in fact, I think they are still doing this. Depending on um, if they are home sports games, they would. Uh, book punk shows and stand-up shows on weekend nights and just one night i was in there i think it was one of the uh, at the at my previous travel job you know coming home from the airport just stopping there and there and like okay i just you know give me my chicken give me my chicken breast salad and just hanging out having a beer Mm. um and then they they start playing and like wow this is this is exceptional this was awesome and uh that is how i discovered that they were there yeah, no, they yeah they headlined that night. That's how I discovered them because they were they they headlined the night that I was at Katie O'Brien's. Oh. That's how I found them out. Like I said, it That's was cool. ser- serendipity. And do you know where they're from? I mean, they sound Olympia. like they're either Canadian or Southern California. Uh, split the, uh, split the difference. They're from Olympia. Oh, with, uh, in other words, okay. like two uh, two hours north of here. Yeah, the um. Did you, I don't know if you're into them or not, did you happen to check out the new uh, Bon Iver album that just came out like a week ago? Where are you going to look for comfort? And if it's ever going to happen? So as I'm standing at the station... 
I saw I saw adver- adverts for it. I have not heard it yet. Um, I have not. I think the first Bonivere album. Well, check that. The last Bonivere Bonivere album. I think I heard, and it was kind of like hit and miss. But the um, like his dude's side project in Volcano Choir mm-hmm. was. You want to talk mm-hmm. to the point where um, God, that was. You know, all over. That was all over XM Radio and and uh, and uh, and XMU for uh, for. I was like, wow, this is. Um, there's a couple songs on there for the second Volcano Choir album that was just oh, like yeah. you know, just transcend, just transcendent. Oh, the one. <laughs> uh, you sound like Bill Hader in uh, Hot Rod, but um, oh yeah, for for sure that Volcano Choir is great too. But um, that's. In the in the topic of travel stories, that uh, let's I'll, I'll try to try to you know buy a new album when I have like a long flight, and I did that for the uh, for the Austin trip, and that kind of saved me on the way back because I was uh, I was a little bit overserved the night before. Yeah. So on the uh, the flight back from, luckily I had a direct flight from Austin back to Detroit uh, this week. And uh, it was a what I, I don't know what the names of the planes are, but it was a flight that you know the seats are two by two, you know, two on one side, two on the other, with the the aisle way in the middle. What uh, so, do you have at this point? Do you have Delta Plus yet, or do you, are you a, are you? I, a, I never no, I never travel enough to get status. Never. I just every year I always you, like barely not get there with status which is super fun yeah i was gonna say what I, I i learned the hard way whatever you can do is try to uh try to consolidate your your mileage and so <laughs> even my the most recent my most recent trip to uh to northern mexico i because i am still i think like gold status on delta and like i think like silver gold on united i was a uh, i flew down there on I think actually, yeah, I flew down there on United, and I was still, I still got two auto upgrades because yeah. it, you know it's um, that's how it goes. Well, that's awesome. Into like select comfort or into like business class. This uh, uh, auto upgrades into no, this it was uh, business class, which is oh, effectively no just way. yeah. Well, but it, well, yeah, except it was business class. It was first class only for the short leg of the trip. From uh, from the from Monterey to Houston, which is about an hour and change, as opposed to the uh, uh, the the leg of the trip uh, Houston to Portland, which is like three and a half to four hours, which is the one that you really want. Like no no f that I want you know I want give me you know give me <laughs> give me uh, give me open bar and uh, and, and yeah. an upgrade on that one. Of course, of course, um, that's how it works out. Well, wait, you think- still got that though. That's cool. My week was. Sunday night failed attempt at seeing Star Trek. Monday that happens. Monday, uh, say say the hell with it. Go over and um, went and go went and saw Star Trek Beyond. Enjoyed it a lot. It, uh, f- found it definitely far better than the previous New Trek, and perhaps probably the best one of all of the uh, the the reboots. In that they deliberately. Well, Simon Pegg had a, you know, a Star Trek fan himself, had a lot of, uh, had a, uh, at least wrote more than one draft of the script. Mm. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of emphasis on like characters and character interaction, which was great. That was Monday. Tuesday, mm. 
get home, take a quick nap, uh, head over to Beulah Land to watch the uh, the VP debate. Get kind of like get alternately annoyed slash put off by the VP debate. Look at you know playing around like oh look you know the uh, the seven o'clock round of of uh, films is starting over at the movie. It went over, watched um, Hunt for the Wilder People. The the follow up the film the New Zealand film that was the follow up to what we do in the shadows. Oh, is it really? Oh yes, yeah, no, very oh, much no so. Kidding. Yeah, it's uh, except in fact uh, both Reese Davies Reese Davies from Flight of the Concords and mm-hmm. uh, God, I'm gonna forget. Is Jermaine? Jermaine is not in there, but the director is. Um, oh, uh, the the the. Um... Watiki, uh, yeah. What what is his name? Hunt for uh, the, the the the. the he played he played the protagonist in he played the main uh, the main dude in. Um, yeah, Watiki. Uh, he's got a weird name, but he's like he's been with he was always with Fly of the Concords. Um, I have never actually seen an episode of Ta- Fly of the Concords. That's the weird thing. Okay, oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Taika. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Yeah. He. Uh, he. Sh- yeah. No. He shows up in the. Um, he shows up in the film as a uh, as a pastor. Unites in life. Seems like there's no way out. Like a sheep trapped in a maze, designed by wolves. And you know that if you're ever in that situation, there are always two doors to choose from. And through the first door, oh, it's easy to get through that door. And on the other side, waiting for you are all the nummiest treats you can imagine. Fanta, Doritos, LMP, Burger Rings, Coke Zero. But you know what? There's also another door. Not the Burger Ring door, not the Fanta door. Another door that's harder to get through. Guess what's on the other side? Anyone want to take a guess? Vegetables? N- no. Mm, not vegetables. No. Jesus? You would think Jesus. I thought Jesus the first time I, I, I come across that door. It's not Jesus. It's another door. And guess what's on the other side of that door? Jesus. Jesus, yeah, Jesus. He's tricky like that, Jesus. So let us pray to Jesus, please, and make it a bit easier to get through those doors and to find you and your bounty of delicious confectionery. Thank you, Selena. Take it away. Oh, oh with a gosh. beard. And it's kind of a thing you're looking at him, and it's, it's very much <laughs> similar to how... I was to say similar to the film that we saw the following night. So we saw Hunt for the uh, we the, the following night. The film we saw also had the film director as a as a clergyman. It's one of those films where if you can get a chance, see it on a huge screen just for like the um, much like with um, everything from like Terrence Malick to even like Red Dawn. Like just the outdoor photography for this film is just exquisite. Except that you're you're in um, you're you for this film you're in you're in the bush but in this case it is is the mountainous jungle wilderness of New Zealand where a um, you know you have this slightly older version of uh, slightly older version of a um, 
of like the chubby kid from up gets hooked up with a family in uh, you know on a farm in New Zealand and through trials and travails winds up surviving and going kind of like you know going indie in the forest with his uh, his adopted unofficial uncle who he calls uncle just straight straight calls him uncle played by Sam Neill and so it's Sam Neill and this kid stomping around in the uh, in the in in the New Zealand uh, in the New Zealand bush and it's uh, okay. It's no, it's great. It's kind of in the they're uh, they 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 are they are hounded by uh, by uh, New Zealand CPS, and it's 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 gets great times between the it's uh it is it's not quite as funny as what we do in Shadows, but it, I think it is a better made and better written film. Mm. So definitely recommend on that. That was so that was Tuesday, and I'm like, and I can remember like just like sitting there in my seat in the lower host, like, yeah, I skipped out on the on the I skipped out on the bay. I'm watching this, uh, you know. I think I made the right decision, and everybody's like, yeah, man, you this, this is bullshit. That's a great film. You you, you did right. That was Tuesday. Mm. Wednesday, after uh, getting enough people together, went and we uh, we all went out. In fact, I think. Wound up, and we all went up because the um, the Laurelhurst has their weekly revivals of uh, of classic films, and this being mm-hmm. this being October, this week the revival was uh, the original nineteen seventy three Wicker Man. Oh, that's a terrible movie. Well, no, no, the ori- no, no, the sequel is a terrible film. The original one is. No, it's, it's just pointless. We we watched it, and it was like, oh, it's the greatest horror movie ever. It's no, it's and not it's, the horror. It's 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 not. It's I don't. It's it's far more uncanny than it is horror. Come, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. I don't know. I, mean, I, I see. Yes, I mean, I, I know they did the remake, and it was what I, I didn't watch the remake. But you don't need um, to. It's, it's kind of thing where we watched it. Yeah, we watched it. Me and um, like like Kalis and Andy, and I think a couple other guys. We watched the original Wicker Man. I don't even know how long ago it was, but it was just like there's nothing happens. Nothing happens in that dumb movie. It's super long, and they try to build up suspense, and it doesn't really pay off. And it, whatever. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off. I watched it one time, and I was over. I was, I was done with it. But I, anyway. I was, well, going into it. I see. I had never seen the whole thing. It's. Uh, I had never seen the whole thing too. The only thing, the only thing I found in the film that really put me off was the fact that like Christopher Lee did not have facial hair. Um, <laughs> All right, well, let's move on because I can't on, talk yeah. about the Wicker Man. But however, you brought up Red Dawn, Magnificent Seven. To bring it back to that, I, that reminded me of Red Dawn because at the end of it, certain people die, and it's just like Red Dawn. When um, I forget if it was Jennifer Grey, <laughs> there's, or, there's there's a voiceover over a monument maybe, by oh, Leah absolutely. Thompson. The, oh, it was the epilogue or whatever. There's a straight up epilogue. The third, the like, third this American is Red Dawn. This movie is Red Dawn in a western because there was like, oh, there, there's this big, <laughs> there's this infiltration of this power at B, and the people that were there are trying to defend their home turf. Certain people die. Certain people live. The the home team wins. However, at the end of it, there's certain people that die, and then there's whatever, whoever. It's it's Back to the Future girl or Jennifer Grey that have this with epilogue her, of talking about with her old nose. Right. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I got to move on from Magnificent Seven because it was when, not. 
Yeah, when when's the last time you've seen Red Dawn? I watch that probably once a year, the original. Yeah, I was going to say, Red Dawn is one of those films, especially... Um, if you reading up on and if you believe uh, if you believe that if you believe Milius that uh, that all of the really because um, he said shot in like what shot in what eighty three eighty four released mm-hmm. in eighty five if you believe Milius that he just wanted to do like a uh, you know a bunch of teens like surviving in the wilderness without the much more um, overt. Or oh, yeah. external, like you know, just the, the much more, the much more overt bullshit Cold War stuff that the studio foisted on him, uh, the survivalist militia shit. Um, like, there's a lot of like, they shot it in. I think they shot it in Wyoming. Yeah, shot it in Wyoming, and it's um, it's be- all the outdoor photography of that is beautiful. It's oh, it's great. Yeah, the, the I, huge, I, I, the, the huge like panoramic, I mean, like not quite that, not quite Terrence Malick, but cl- you know, bring up again. Well, but, yeah, excellent, yeah. Plus, I mean, it's part of our childhood, which means yes. which says something. But it's also, I mean, it's it's an awesome movie. I like Milius a lot. I think he's a crazy person. I think he's great. Right. Um, but I think that 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 movie has kind of a, a special kind of a, a special place from you know from Latchkey and everything else. I think <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah. If so yeah. that's why I watch it one. That's why I watch it probably once once a year. And then they, you know, they did the remake, which they filmed around Detroit. They filmed in Ferndale and a couple other places. Yeah, uh, Detroit, which, Ferndale, Pontiac, and right, which the, they sat exactly on for like two years. I think like they, what, they they sat on for like what two years, and it was part of oh, the uh, part of the MGM yeah. bankruptcy, and they they had to go in and like, oh wait, we can't, uh, we have to ch- we <laughs> we have to change the nationality of the invade. Much like with Homefront, a video game also <laughs> also co- also written. Primarily by John Milius, both the Red Dawn, uh, Red Dawn, if I'm remembering correctly, and I may or may not, uh, both the Red Dawn remake as well as Homefront, the video game, um, it's kind of both had to change the antagonist invaders from from the you know the Red Chinese to the red north koreans because hey one of the you know one of these two groups is a target market for our company's you know international promotional arms and we can't exactly have them being the bad guys so let's uh right. let's uh let's, let's go in and uh, start redubbing dialogue and uh and using cgi to change all of the flags and decorations and yada yada yeah. yada which i mean the the remake had What's his nuts? Uh, Hutcherson in it, who was... And, and Hemsworth. And Hemsworth. Those are two, like, huge teen actor guys, and, that like, the movie didn't come out forever. It's like, what's going on with this? And the original had, you know, it had Swayze, Harry Dean Stanton, had... Charlie, uh, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Had, See, Thomas had, Howell. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this, it was... Anyway. Yeah. Oh no! Just say the the original as a as a um, as a companion piece to say um, what the the outsiders in terms of the cast because I think it's shared like eighty to ninety odd percent of the cast. But um, I can just remember the last time I saw Red Dawn was up here when they did uh, during a Hecklevision, and um, 
And uh, ladies and gentlemen, oh. if, you, if you ever get a chance, go to go to a Hecklevision in town. Watching Hecklevision, you realize, hey, wait a minute, where do they get these horses? And more importantly, how do they feed these horses if they are like scraggly, uh, you know, plus or minus, uh, you know, starving partisans in the hills? Mm. And, How uh, dare they heckle that movie? That's an American classic. Uh, all of the all of the white kids are like clean faced and and clean shaven. Anyway, no. anyway. Did I tell you the story about when? Um, uh, God, when was it? When I was in the uh, north northeast of. North northeast of Spokane, and the cops showed up at the uh, at the customer site that I was working at. I'm gonna say probably no. In Colville, Washington, not mm. not necessarily not at Kettle Falls, which I believe is the the larger town on the river, but this is uh, Colville between. Oh wow, this is between uh, Spokane, Clayton. Shoela and uh, Cozy Nook and God knows what else. This was not necessarily the first time that the emergency uh, first responders had been called to a work site that I'd been working on. But this was definitely the first time that the owner of the, this was a lumber yard out there that when I was still working on industrial fire safety electronics, the first time that the owner himself wandered out to where myself and his uh his foreman were uh, working on some uh on like testing some electronics and like you know it's like yeah you guys might want to uh just just stay away from the parking lot for a little while really why like yeah we kind of have a hostage situation going on out there right now oh good yeah what had happened was apparently some guy had had been holding his two younger i guess very younger yeah, very younger uh, brothers hostage while their parents were either out or maybe he was their main character character caretaker for uh, two or three days now and um, and at some point they got the idea like hey, well hey can we um, you know we, you know can you drive us to this lumber yard where we, we want to go in and we want to apply for jobs and they go sure okay so he drives them there they go home and they're like, yeah, um, our older brother is out in the parking lot. We think he is armed and he is definitely off his meds. Mm, and yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, we're, we, at, at some point we kind of like stopped our, uh, our, testing, uh, our testing pattern just to kind of watch what happened. And you look out to the parking lot and you see, and like I said, this is deep, deep northeast uh, Washington state. Um, like full on like Twin Peaks, um, Twin Peaks landscape. You see everything from like state troop, uh, a couple state troopers to like county sheriff to um, you know local cops, whatever. Film just coming in on various cruiser. And um, yeah, it's the thing where they they eventually they yeah, they were able to talk the guy down and kind of walk him to their squad car, and everything was okay. And uh, escorted the uh, the younger brothers back to their home, and it all worked out. And so we were able to um, you know they all drove off, and we we're like, okay, wow, that was weird. And the guy I was working with there said, like, yeah, that was weird. Um, that was not the weirdest thing that's happened to this place in the last four months. What? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we had an employee who we fired, and he got really pissed off, and he got he got up on something, so he came back here one night and he slashed 
like all of our control electronics and he screw up a bunch of machinery and all sorts of crap and so we had to call the cops on him mm. so that was uh they uh, that was my memories of uh of colville washington I'm trying to think of other. Of, I'm trying to think of other. It's kind of a thing where, yeah, that that particular job had me go from everything from, from uh, gourmet dog food factories in Kansas to, um, I think like corn handling, corn handling fact, corn handling plants outside of uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where at one point myself and the electrician were up on a 40 foot lift trying to fix the electronics and then all of a sudden a massive massive electrical storm rolls in over top of us and mm. we uh, we both mutually agreed upon and realized that being atop of a 40 foot tall lightning rod during a uh, an electrical storm was probably not the best idea <laughs> well, i like the i like the travel where you can um you know what uh what food options you have how so at, uh, well, like, um, what's an example? So, uh, oh, okay. So in Michigan, you know, there's no, there's not a lot of Chick-fil-A options. Okay. However, at uh, DTW, if you're in Terminal A down at the far end, like the high seventies, there's like a Qdoba and a couple other things, but there's also Chick-fil-A, which is pretty fantastic. So, you know, if you fly out, you can uh, try to plan around that, and the Chick Fil A. I think, gosh, that's such a fantastic option. There's like you, you just know that there's one in there's one in Atlanta, there's one in Orlando, there's a couple of them around. Well, it's so yeah, it, it's Chick Fil A. It's kind of like popped the beer. It's it's a place that I I try to shy away from once they went kind of uh, they started externalizing their politics a bit too much. But yeah. I, I, I look. I don't hold them. I don't hold them hostage to their, to their politics. They just have fantastic chicken sandwiches. So, mm. um, which is nice. And I, I, there's certain culinary options that I can think of. I know that like um, Minneapolis has that weird, uh, kind of a cool sushi bar where you order everything on the iPads that are sitting out there. Yeah, That's in the cool. yeah that is in one of the terminals, the uh, one of the more posh terminals. Which oh man, is yeah. God, yeah. I you know I've been that that place, and it's a um, I can't even I can't even remember what the name of it is, but I know exactly. I can mentally picture yeah. that uh, that that boarding section. The um, the cool thing about uh, Minneapolis was that in the C terminal. There was a place at Minneapolis which uh, actually serves um, serves like ramen and uh, an udon soup, and it is uh, it is exquisite. But it's in the C terminal, and I cannot remember the hell the name wow. is. Sounds fancy. Uh, it might be. The, it's, is it not the same place as the sushi place? No, it's a different place. There's a, I mean, there there are multiple places in in that airport that serve sushi, but I cannot remember. That's surprising. One uh, I can I can relate. Um, another story I can relate is the um, God. This would have been Stanley Cup of what? Either twenty eleven or twenty twelve. It was when the the when Vancouver was in the playoffs for it was Vancouver versus Boston, which I believe was. Well, I don't know. 
first year, okay, this was the first year I was traveling heavily for the day job. This was um, 2011. F- had to go up to Prince George, B.C., which um, meant that I had to f- bounce through Vancouver Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, going into Vancouver Airport, it was a thing where, uh, because it was also you know major international airport, you had multiple families there who had been flown in by the teams the especially the boston teams where every member of the family was just completely decked out with every color-coded and licensed bit of uh you know of uh accoutrement <laughs> that you could get and i can remember like, just wandering around looking at the monitors and all of the the airport monitors which were on cbc or god knows what had like you know time till puck drop like that day no oh, boy. You know, oh yeah. You know, so flew up to, uh, hopped on an airport, flew up to Prince George, and uh, I can remember wandering around town. Wound up in a sushi joint in uh, in uh, in Prince George, BC, where the uh, all of the uh, all the sushi chefs had just you know specialized you know Canuck. Um, those, you know, sushi chef. I can't think of the term, but sushi chef had headbands with the uh, the logo on there <laughs> so i hung out in there and hung out in there and just like watched like the first either the first or i can't remember if it was like well, you know the first or the first or the uh, first and second periods of the game with these guys and just you know entire uh, walking around this like small you know walking around prince george's uh, a smaller city definitely mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. seeing all of the uh, all the signs on the businesses saying you know closing at 6 p.m. to watch the game mm-hmm. on <laughs> you know you'd see these things on like 90% of the city except for this place like okay here we go you know give me a beer and i want to watch the uh, i'll hang out with you guys and watch the game yeah Oh and uh, and then eventually watched a couple of things and then they said okay well you know it is what it is and just walked back to uh, walk back to my art uh, to the I don't know if it's like a Hilton or a Marriott or you know walk back to the hotel that I was staying at but went down to the uh, the hotel bar and um, watched the rest of the game which uh, you know kind of uh, older Canadian guys of like a thousand on accents. Where at one mm-hmm. point I had I was using using the work laptop to like okay going to the CBC website and uh, they were like posting camera feeds to like here's what's going on outside of CBC headquarters and like yeah. the entire you know what would turn out to be a fucking riot literally of like people just like just, just indistinguishable like people you know just they were streaming external camera feeds from like all the people just watching the huge screens in Vancouver because this was I think this is like the final playoff game and um yeah it was mm. just a hell of a time to watch you know watch this uh what I believe was the 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 final playoff between two teams I believe the uh, the Bruins goalie being a former Michigan player um yeah that was just again memorable time and then finding out oh by the way they uh there were if not exactly riots at least like white person sports riots happening in the streets of of, uh, of Vancouver that night because the uh, the Canucks lost yeah we were um that's funny we were um at a, at a work trip in Orlando because in the great world of higher ed, most of the conferences you go to are in Orlando. But um, 
Me that's and an, uh, that's my the, counterpart Brian right. were, I forget what bar restaurant we were at, but it was probably something dumb like a B-dubs or whatever else. And um, hmm. I just remember walking in and looking up on the screen and then the wings were playing uh, Montreal mm-hmm. and we overheard a, uh, a couple guys say, or one guy say that, um, oh, I wish there were a couple of wings fans right here so we could rip on them. And then my, my buddy Brian, Hello, my, did someone? <laughs> my buddy Brian that we worked together with, he was great. He goes, "We're from Detroit." <laughs> and, and he goes, oh. "Did, did someone these call?" Were, these two guys were from Montreal, and we we're down in Florida. They were some. They were they were at a different conference altogether. But uh, it was uh, it was pretty funny because it's um, guys from Canada are pretty easy to along with because if you uh, have a couple beers. Strangely enough, they uh, they like to get along with you or whatever. But I uh, very much so. Yeah, I remember how exciting that was because the wings were getting blown out like sixes up to Montreal. I forget this had to be like four years ago or something like that. But I can't uh, remember Montreal. I can't remember the, what was the last year. Not that I necessarily pay attention to pro uh, to uh, the pro leagues that much. But when was what was the last year that Montreal was a uh, a threatening team? Uh, they're okay, actually, because they had a uh, Carrie Price. They've had some good goalies, mm-hmm. so they've actually been decent, uh, much more so than Toronto, because Toronto always sucks every year, which makes zero sense. Well, you but, said it, um, I didn't. Yeah, but anyway, but uh, Montreal is actually competitive, but shit, I don't know. I mean, it's whatever it's uh, it was it was just fun and exciting because we ended up sitting at that bar and then going to another bar till 215 or 230 till whatever time they made us leave hanging out with a bunch of canadians and all they do is just have <laughs> sorry would you please talk. go would you please leave we need to shut down eh oh yeah, yeah. all they do is just talk shit and just have a good time and then right. like, okay i can get on board with this it's pretty fun yeah God, um, it, I was gonna say you you were reminding me of when I was um, the one of the first times one of the first times I was in Kelowna, BC, um, which is the entire the entire opposite side. It's it's in the Okanagan Valley. It is above. It's it's one of the things that's far. It's it's closer to uh, Spokane than it is Seattle. If you head north from uh, from Washington yeah. State. Mm-hmm. Cologne, uh, I can remember. God, I can't remember. This was a this was a handful of years ago. But going to getting you know going to Kelowna and uh, getting in there, and then it's kind of just sitting around. I was like, wow, I don't you know I don't have anything to do. You know, I I'm done with hitting all our customers. I have nothing to do in town. You know, got back in town into the city that I was going to fly out of, and you know had nothing to do. Except for like, okay, well, let's go see. And I'd driven by several, at least two or more, probably like three or four, like um, signs advertising like open mic night and whatnot. And so I wound up in a um, wound up in a comedy club in downtown Kelowna, BC. But it was the time of year. It should be illustrated. It was the time. <laughs> Luck had it that it was the time of year that it was the final year, uh, the final week that all of the university students were there, and in BC the drinking age is nineteen, not twenty one. 
so I was sitting in the back, you know, in the back near, uh, you know, always sit near uh, where the actual comics are, not where the punters are, and you know, it's just so you can hear the commentary and um, listening to, you know, a bunch of like just drunk ass nineteen year olds quote lines from storage wars and just go yep 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 like you know in the middle in the middle of uh of whoever's on stage in the middle of their patter in the middle of their joke in the middle of their routine just, you know, almost you know, <laughs> kind of like sub wwf catchphrase yelling that to the point where at some point during the night, the older, more experienced open micers and comics just started ripping into them. Mm. It yeah. was, um, yeah, that was kind of a thing where I think I even, uh, it was, it was a great night. It was one of those things. Actually, it was one of the first, uh, the first open mics that I actually sat through, sat all the way through. Cause you know, I, you know, I only have a couple yeah. of beers and drive home and then like, you know, talk to everybody after afterwards and, you know, collect a couple of names and then like connect everybody on Facebook and it, you know, worked out. So it was just, I just remember that night of just kind of like, um, wow, this is, uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you let dumbass, you know, Canadian 19 year olds drink and head to, uh, open mic nights. Yeah. The, the, um, worst or best work trip I think I ever had was to the, Navajo Nation in uh, northeast Arizona to uh, Diné College, which was uh, rather interesting. That was hmm. um, I forget. Well, they, they had something where like you had to they they wouldn't like they 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 wouldn't close a deal unless you met with them face to face, which was tough if you live in Metro Detroit and they're in uh, Northeast uh, Arizona. <laughs> right. Again, how so, hard is it to? Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. can you come down to a city that has a major yeah, airport? Oh, I'll be down so, there in like eight hours. So I I gleaned after about a year of a sales cycle that I had to go down and do a, like a presentation and meet all the people and the whole thing and that's fine. Mm-hmm. So. I embarked on this trip at my last company, not the current one, but, um, right. I, I, uh, you know, you just book trips for convenience and then the day comes and random shit happens. So I flew from, uh, Detroit to Chicago. And then when I was in Chicago, an interesting happened, interesting thing happened where the air traffic control tower got, um, caught on fire which oh, is oh that was oh shit what god which is that. typically not something you want to happen because yeah. the entire united states kind of gets just throttled for travel and everything gets shut down so i was in chicago at uh, o'hare and like you know the airport shut down for like eight hours so there's just people and humanity just just lay laid about all over the place. I was, and it was yeah, not cool. I, I think um, I was also affected by that uh, the headline: FBI, FBI colon contract worker set fire at FAA, FAA center, tried to kill himself. Yeah, God, yeah. that was. Oh, sh- I'm trying to remember what what trip that was, but I could. I remember. Yeah, that yeah, I remember. I I got affected by that too because. Uh, whoever did, yeah, whatever, whatever flights didn't go through Chicago got rerouted into whatever city I had to go through. So, um, yeah, yeah. 
Which was great because I was in Chicago and just ended up sitting there for like eight, seven, eight hours. And then I, it, by the end of the night, I finally got from, um, I got from Chicago to Denver. Hmm. And um, it wasn't to my destination yet. So I got to Denver and then we had to go, to, I had to go to a hotel because it was like midnight or one o'clock and yeah. there was no more flights for the night. So it was funny because like you go to the service desk and I'm standing next to these, like there was like a fireman convention in town. <laughs> and I'm talking to like these 50 year old firemen and they're just good old boys. All they want to do is get drunk. Right. Um, so there's like six of them there and then there's me. And we're just chit-chatting or whatever. Then we get a, a shuttle bus to the hotel. And I stay in some random hotel in Denver. And then next morning, I get up and I fly from Denver to Durango, Colorado, which is in, like, the southeast corner, which is a really cool city, actually. It's, like, very, like, very hippie kind of, like, city. And um, I had a bunch of time to kill, so whatever. I went out and about. But then I had to drive from I had to drive from Durango down to like Farmington or I forget what the name of the city Farmington like New Mexico Farmington north, Farmington Bloomfield yeah it's uh, it's yeah, all like north, northeast of the Navajo Nation yeah right northeast uh, uh, New Mexico and I got there the next day. And then I had to like basically like tell them like hey I'm not going to be there I have to we have to re because I had a big presentation, so we had to reschedule. Mm. So the second day, I had to uh, – I did, it was another travel day, so I got to New Mexico. And then the third day, we rescheduled the presentation, so I drove – because there's nowhere to stay at the, in the Navajo Nation. There's no, like, hotels. So I had to drive, like, two hours <laughs> from New Mexico. You think – from, think... from northwest New Mexico to northeast – Arizona. Hmm. I, did, I, I bought like a bunch of water and jerky because like you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, and uh, it's a, it, it was like. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say at some point it's like this was was this before Air Airbnb became a, a huge thing or a uh, was it was it existing when you did this? I'm sure I, I'm sure it was existing, but I did not look at that as an option. Okay, makes sense. So, I was in the farm in New Mexico, which had great barbecue and great Tex-Mex food. Right. And But then, like, the college was two hours kind of, like, west into the freaking desert. Cayenta so or a Holbrook or... Car. Yeah. I bought, like, a bunch of water and, like, jerky and all that stuff, and I had to drive through the... It was... As most, it looked like a movie. You're like driving in the desert and there's these big things that looks like Devil's Tower and all these other things. It was amazing. But I had to drive forever, like up a mountain and down a mountain. And it was, it was nuts. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I have done similar things. I, um, the, uh, I got flown into Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And, um, they sent, I got sent to Dubois, Wyoming. Which is uh, driving through uh, Jackson Hole and through the National Forest there, but du- Dubois slash Dubois, Wyoming was um, got to go to the 
Yeah, let us describe it as the uh, the world's as the signs described it, the museum featuring the world's largest jackalope, where the uh, entire like I said is a small little town, but damn if they didn't have a full on uh, eight foot tall jackalope that you could climb onto and oh, yeah. and the uh you know the nice young lady working the uh the cashier would take your photo but in just looking around there it's just the number of um <laughs> so like a like a like a like a like a deviant art site the number of um submitted artworks of uh, jackalopes and jackalope like art surrounding the place was just exquisite it was um <laughs> Like I said, it was one of the things where it is. It's the photo of myself uh, that I that I that I took after I got out of. Uh, I finished visiting with the customer and setting up their system that that morning. Uh, the photo of myself, like you know, riding a jackalope, like yeah. Uh, it's currently currently in my, I'm I'm keeping as my LinkedIn uh, my LinkedIn photo, just you know, just because. So it's uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's oh, it's, it's 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 a different world. There, I had to go into. They had a um, ceremonial room that was a dirt floor hmm. that I had to go in and um, experience. Okay, and then, y'all and got then beer had, here or uh, or whiskey or yeah, <laughs> or is yeah, that like it was, it was like hilariously culture to everybody. And it's the it's it's a Navajo Nation college, it's a tribal college, right? And then there's me, and the, for the people that, God bless them, may hopefully still be listening. I'm a big giant white dude, so right. it's kind of like, hey everybody, my people took your land and uh, <laughs> and fucked you over so, two hundred yeah, a hundred and fifty years ago. Good. So. Uh, <laughs> Don't just look past that and uh, go ahead and buy my software. Yeah, no please. Thing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we'll, so there's a little we'll, bit of we'll call it cool after that. Yeah. Because <laughs> there, there were there were literally like you know whatever American Indians and then also like people from the like Africa and wherever that were just over here trying to get a the job right and so it was a very interesting dynamic because there's me big giant white guy like hey everybody i'm a big dancing bear everybody look <laughs> at me i'm making you laugh hey look at me i grew up i grew up in the oh, in the oh. i grew up in the chris farley era and i took certain exactly. tips from his performance right and then there's just people that have darker skin than i do and uh anyway yeah. So it all worked out well because they ended up buying the software. Thank God. <laughs> but, uh, hey, that justified that trip. Why not? Yeah. Oh, thank you. But it was about a. It was like a five day. Even the even uh, after the after the presentation, went back to New Mexico again, and then they canceled my flight the next day. I had to pick up another flight. It took me five days. Five days for this, like basically a three-hour presentation. Yeah. It was it was bananas, and yeah. uh, but it was fun. I mean, it was you know once you tra- you travel a lot by yourself, you learn how to do it, and it's yeah. uh, after a certain while, it's like yeah, God invented teleconferencing for a reason, or just kind of experiencing stuff on your own. Just like you don't need, you don't have to have somebody else there, and you can just kind of go out there on your own and figure stuff out thankfully but hmm. it's like oh my gosh after that she's like yeah we don't need to do these on-site presentations anymore because this yeah. is ridiculous yeah but whatever 
All right. Thank you, John. Thank you for uh, joining me on whatever the hell this is. Experimental. Um, yeah. Whatever this is. Yeah, whatever this is. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. This has been giving the mic to the wrong person. I will probably figure out a way to incorporate this into our regular show schedule. And if not, this is a, uh, a lost gem that you should enjoy. And uh, without that, um, goodbye. <laughs> See it. There we go. All right, JD. I'll talk to you later. I want to thank my brother John for joining me in this kind of experimental podcast episode, as it were. Go to facebook.com slash giving the mic. You can also reach us at giving the mic at gmail.com. Our homepage is soundcloud.com slash giving the mic. And we are on Twitter at giving the mic. Once again, that's all one word lowercase. Our theme is by the mysterious breakfast serialer used with permission. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please subscribe to this podcast. It's the best way you can support us. Tell the tell others. Uh, please rate us on iTunes, Stitcher. Likewise, see you again soon.